Because when we're baptized in water, we're making a public declaration. So she arrives, beautiful, beautiful young lady, two children. She comes by herself. She's not bringing witnesses with her. She's not bringing family. She's not bringing friends. She has all of that in her life, and they are not for her newfound faith. In fact, they're furious about it. So we explain to her what baptism is about, and she um, tells us her story. The man who brought her knows her story. He's had a few sessions with her. Now she begins to tell us, the team, her story. And of late, she's been experiencing a lot of um, demonic manifestations in her home. I don't think she called it demonic manifestations, but she just said there has been so much darkness in my home that I have tried to fix it and chase whatever is in my home away by dabbling in Islam, by dabbling in Buddhism. She, is a Hindu, she was a Hindu before she came to Jesus. Voodoo, you name it, she's tried it all. And whenever you touch any one of those things, no matter how lightly, you invite a spirit of darkness into your life. And there they can take control. So this lady was born into intense darkness, and she committed her life to it. So it wasn't just a question of casting out a demon and it's a three-minute job. She was ruled by this darkness. My husband was away. I have never seen demonic manifestation in my life before. And for whatever reason, this man asked me to be on team. He said, his words to me were, I want you there. And I'm thinking of every good reason why he can use my home and my pool, but I've got something else to do. I want you there. And I did wonder why he wanted me there. I figured he was just being polite because it was my home. So I was there. We baptized her. Wrapped her up in towels afterwards. And there was a lady there who headed up the deliverance aspect. Her, her ministry is deliverance. She began to speak scripture over this woman. And almost immediately she began to manifest. She just looked uncomfortable. And it was at this point that I needed to, my attention was called away by something else in my home. I had to go and deal with it. And when I came back, she is seated on a chair facing uh, the swimming pool, for those of you who know my home, on the veranda, facing the swimming pool, and here's my lounge door. So I come out, and as I come out and step onto my veranda, I hear her speaking in tones like this. Oh, and my. the team are surrounding her. They're all, they're all around her. And I'm thinking, well, she's like angry with someone. I'm thinking she spoke. But it was in fact the demonic spirit inside of her who was saying stuff. And the woman standing in front of her cast out that thing. The woman 
whose ministry is deliverance is marked with discernment and wisdom and authority. The lady would say something and the woman would say, spirit of whatever you are, get out in Jesus' name. It was a really, really hot day on Wednesday the 8th of March. It was like 38. It was a really hot day. So, so I come out into this atmosphere and you can feel it. You can smell it. It's in the air. And she sees me, this lady, this woman, and she says to me, please go and get some water. I get water for her. I get water for her. I bring a bucket. She's going to vomit. Please put some music on. I'm the, I'm the chick that's running around, and I'm only too happy to keep busy. Because like, oh. <laughs> and while I'm standing behind her, I know that I have to go and stand in front of her. There's, I just feel compelled to. I don't want to, and I'm afraid to. But I have to go and stand next to this woman, and I've got to come stand here. So now I'm going to turn the thing around. So here I am. Here's this lady. Yeah. And here is this woman who's doing the delivering. She's holding her face under the chin, looking up the whole time. It's crucial that you look in the eyes to see that you're not looking at the lady or you're looking at the demon, either one. And this lady was delivered of many, 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 many demons. And she vomited and it was It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful to watch freedom and her body would relax and then as something else was said ah, another one would come and her body would, would tense up again so here I come and I'm standing at a respectable distance and I am like terrified and as I come and place myself here she looks up at her And she says, I was there. And I've got no clue what that means, but her eyes are black as she's staring into this lady's eyes. And then her eyes slide across and she looks at me in my eyes. Bang on. And I'm feeling held by such darkness, by such evil. And I'm I'm learning how intense darkness is here. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, I'm not going to look away because my Jesus in you is way bigger than this darkness. Plus, I'm not ruled by fear. (laughs) 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 I'm not even scared. I didn't say that because I was really, really scared. She eventually looked away. Stuff carried on. And we've had another session since then. She went home. Alan was not there. Alan was not there. My husband was away. Did I tell you that? (laughs) My husband was away. So she goes home. The team is still around. They're, They're in the driveway. And we start talking about how it went. And I say, could, what, what is this business of I was there? What does that mean? And the lady who did the, the delivering, said, oh, no, 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 they all say that, all the demons, they always say that. It means, and I'm going to stop the story there, and I'm backing track a month. That was the 8th of March. On the 9th, 10th, and 11th of February, we went to Joburg 
um, for a conference, Kingdom Come Conference. Bill Johnson. And I have shared with this church the part of that conference that rocked my world. And to recap very quickly, in session one, Bill Johnson took us through the Bible. Adam made a mess. The keys go to the devil. Jesus gets crucified. On his death, he goes down to the lowest parts of the earth to collect the keys back from the devil. Got nothing to do with this story, but I just love this part so much because for me it puts so much into perspective time-wise. So he goes into heaven. He goes into hell. I wonder what that looked like. Like, I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry, demons. I'm sorry. Uh, just, just quickly, can I? Hi, can I have the key? Can, could you give me the keys? Do you, can you give them? No. <laughs> like a light w- walked into, blazed into darkness that day. What did it look like? And who was waiting? Multitudes of people who lived in faith before the one true living God, before the cross. So we know nothing about Jesus Christ. It's before the cross. All of the Old Testament guys, plus all the other people who didn't get into the Bible. Anyone who has lived since Adam up to the cross in faith, believing that God Almighty is the one true living God, are waiting in this place called Abraham's bosom, and they're waiting for this moment, and they're waiting for this son of man and son of God. So he gets the keys from Satan. He, he says to the guys, come on, I've got to go and present my blood to the Father. And on the way, he bumps into Mary Magdalene in the garden. She's in the garden at the tomb, and she sees him and she says, oh, gardener, have you seen my Jesus? Look, the stone has rolled away, and I want him. I want to embalm his dead body with myrrh, and he's gone. Do you know where he, and he says to her, Mary, and she knows it's him. He's on his way. He's got a multitude of people following him. He stops to engage with Mary and Moses says to David, oh, well, while he's busy, let's go sightseeing. There's a weird scripture that says that when Jesus rose, Tombs opened, lots of tombs opened, and dead people were seen walking around. And does it even name Moses or Abraham? That's one of them. There is a place where one of them is mentioned. Doesn't matter. So, that's just a funny aside. But it, it's <laughs> Very like, strange. what a scripture. Tombs opened, dead people were seen walking around. What's with that? She reaches for him and he says, don't touch me. I haven't been to the father. There's another, in in one of the other gospels, she and some women touch his feet. So that's that. Later on, um, later on he comes, after he's been to the father, he comes back into the upper room. It's like locked. It's, it's locked. He appears in the upper room and says, touch me. He invites them to touch him. 
That was a month ago. We're back to the 8th of March on this extremely hot day. And this lady is explaining to us in my driveway, what does I was there mean? I know they all say that. When Jesus went and collected the keys in hell, they were all there. My husband's not home. (laughs) He's away. I've got a vision in my mind, and it's like seared there of these black eyes pinning me. And I go to bed that night with my dog. (laughs) and my cell phone playing worship music. I loved this part of the deliverance session where there were some like reset button moments where she had just had a demon come out of her or 16 or however many there were. And at one point, this lady asked her, what are you feeling? How are you? Where are we? Who owns your body? What's the story here? She said, that music, those words... We had just put the worship music on. Worship isn't songs. Worship is about war. I don't sing songs there. I wield weapons. And we are warriors. It's not about music. Music's not the context. War is. So I go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning realizing that I have slept through so peacefully and so deeply. And I wake up. And something is different. And I can't figure out what it is. But as I've opened my eyes, everything has changed. And I don't know why. I go and I stand in the shower. Water's pouring on me. And I'm sobbing and sobbing. And sobbing like I'm wrecked Thursday. What a mess Thursday the 9th of March was. I was, a, I was a wreck and I didn't know why. Nothing in my diary. If there had been, I would have canceled it. That's how messed I was. And as I went through my day, I began to process the events of yesterday. I can't see those black eyes anymore. It's the next day and I can't. The, 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 the depths of darkness is no longer making an impression on me. And I know that something has happened in the night. God was at work sealing stuff. It's actually better that he does it when we're asleep because then we get out the way. This gets out the way. And as I turned my affections that morning to Jesus... And focused on him. That was it. Everything had changed there. My perception of Jesus had changed. He looked different. Everything about him was, as I turned, as I turned my heart towards him, suddenly there was a difference. It's like... It's like when you've taken another step of intimacy with someone you love. They look different when you see them again. And then I realized what it was. By the end of the day, I had put it together that a measure of darkness had been exposed to me. 
a deep measure of darkness had been exposed to me. And it impressed upon me the enormity and the reality of Jesus, not of the darkness. It's like someone can be the chairman of a company. And, okay, so that's impressive. It might be a little stationary company with 10 people. Or he might be the chairman of a vast, vast corporation globally. It changes your perspective of the chairman and his power and his authority. We've had another session with this lady since then, and I saw other stuff. Darkness is powerful, and darkness is deep, and I cannot afford to be impressed by it or Satan. I can only ever afford to be impressed by Jesus. And the deeper I discover that darkness is, the more awesome my Jesus becomes. I feel like the enemy took a risk with me that day, tried to touch me, but I just got pushed further into Jesus. And I've discovered who I am as well. Everything changed. The 9th of March or the 8th of March was a defining moment in my life. So to put in a nutshell, I want to say that I discovered a measure of darkness that day. And I've woken up to my mission in life, which is to destroy the works of that darkness. In words of speech, as I'm doing now, and in words of song, as I do. Because words are so powerful, let us speak words of life. And truth and justice. So it's into the context of um, of warfare. And as Milan was just finishing there, I just thought of the of the light in, in, in John in the Gospel of John chapter one. All things were made through him, and without him was not, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light. Of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the light you and I carry. You and I carry the light of Jesus into the dark world. Into, into Mandy, when you go into the valley, you carry the light of Jesus. Wherever you go, you carry the light of Jesus into a, into a dark world. Ephesians, right at the end of Ephesians, it says, finally, finally, after six and a half chapters, finally it says, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take on, put on the whole armor of God. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's why yesterday was an important day. Why? Because we were going to Bloemfontein to 
to pray and to, 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 to ask the Lord in, and, and to wrestle against principalities and powers and demonic strongholds in prayer. Prayer is what's going to break it open and break it loose. And I, I want us to maybe just close. I'm not sure what in terms of uh, songs, some worship. If we, can, if we can close in worship, if we can realize that this wonderful thing that you and I are called to. Just one more scripture I want to share. I said I was just going to do scriptures today. So Jesus has just been baptized. He's full of the Spirit, full of uh, being tempted in the desert, comes out in the power of the Spirit. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, he says, The Spirit is the Lord of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That was the first message that Jesus did. I want you to go home to, to, today and I want you to go back to Luke chapter 4. And I want you to read that scripture again. But I want you to change it slightly. I want you to say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Alan. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Gareth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Keith. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord wants you and I to do, to partner with Him, to co-labor with, with Jesus. He wants us to proclaim good news, to proclaim the gospel as Alex proclaimed the good news last week. With such power and such conviction and such clarity. That was, that's what we, we are to proclaim. Yeah. We also to set the captives free as the word is preached captives will be free healing Susan Brooks we pray Lord Jesus we pray again for Susan today we ask Lord for those tumors to wither we command those tumors to wither and die wither and die wither and die you and I are called to walk with Jesus to let him walk through you if you would like that this week, I want you to stand. I want you to say, I want to walk with Jesus. And I want to pray with you today. I want to declare the, the blessing of Jesus in your life. The anointing of Jesus. You are the anointed ones. You are the Christians. You are the anointed ones. You carry Jesus. You carry the King. So if you want to participate with that, if you want to co-labor with God this week, I want you to stand. I want you to say yes. And I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all of us who are going to co-labor with you this week. That you, we thank you for the promise of Scripture which we have read today. That you live in us. That we are complete in you. That you live through us. That we carry your love. And so I pray that this week, the whosoever's, doesn't matter who you are, that we would carry Jesus beautifully this week to a dark world, a world which needs the light of Jesus. So, Lord, we put our hands up and we say, yes, use me. Use me today. Thank you, Jesus.
anything good come from Sarepta? Can anything good come from Sarepta? Yes. Yes, because Jesus lives in each of us. Come and I will show you. I will show you. All of you people, I would love to take you around this week and just see the good things that come out of you. You today. You this week. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's sing.